Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply weekend was the interview with Stormy Daniels on 60 Minutes. And we talked about it on the Colleen and Bradley show on MyTalk 1071, streaming live at MyTalk1071.com. We are Everything Entertainment. I am Colleen Lindstrom. That is Bradley Trainer. And one big question remained. What was on the DVD that we saw in a tweet from her lawyer in a safe? That never got answered. And when we wonder something on the Colleen and Bradley show, we figure it out by role-playing with Colleen and Bradley Theater. It is time for another edition of Colleen and Bradley Theater. Today in the role of themselves, Colleen and Bradley. Colleen is also playing the part of Stormy Daniels and Bradley is playing the role of Donald Trump. Hey, Brad. <coughs> hey. Hey, what's up? Um... I just checked my mailbox. We got a package in the mail. It's mm-hmm. addressed to both of us. Oh, cool. And the return address says it's from Stormy Daniels. What? Yeah. It, What's inside? Weird? Open it up. Okay. Let's open it up. Oh, it looks like it's like a DVD or a CD or Oh, something. my God. Do you think it's the DVD from the interview? Here. Put it in the um, put it in the disk drive. I don't, where, I don't even know where the heck that is. Where is that? Is that that tray thing? Oh, okay. Here, I'll just. Okay. Oh gosh, that's a big one. I know, right? (laughs) Doesn't it look really hungry? Totally. I don't want to get anywhere near that thing. Be careful. It senses fear. How many teeth do you think it has? I think I heard they have like fifty teeth. Mmm, that could do a lot of damage. Next on Shark Week, find out how sharks hunt their prey oh. at night. Wait a minute. Wait, so that's just... That's what was on the DVD? It's just a video of them watching Shark Week in a hotel room? All that anticipation for watching TV? That's so weird. How lame. And that was another edition of Colleen and Bradley Theater. Be sure to tune in same time next week for another special episode. I'm going to win an Emmy for that um, Yeah, can we all just honor Bradley oh, Trainer's I don't know. I, impression? I can't do Donald Trump for a number of reasons, but mm-hmm. uh, the, the impression, I don't know how you do that. Like, I don't have that, I don't do a East Coast accent. Suddenly we have a huge appreciation for Alec Baldwin. Oh, for sure. Right? Yeah. It's not as easy as it looks. I think you got away a little easy with the, you know, porn star voice. Well, I, I did. Get a, you're right. 
I got I got off oh, easy. I just spilled right everywhere. There. Whoops. I'm sorry. Okay, well you clean that up. Uh, while we turn the corner over here uh, to what happened last night on television. It's not Shark Week yet, but it was the premiere of the new Roseanne, which we were super excited about, and we've been talking about it for a very very long time, Bradley. What were your initial impressions? So I was very hesitant about this entire experience. I was I was really holding uh, on uh, for dear life when I watched the first two episodes and that premiered last night. And I will tell you that I loved it. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. So here's the thing: I had seen some early reaction. In fact, I'd seen a review that was like, oh, I, you know, they didn't really, it's not all that and stuff. And I was like, are you kidding me? So then I watch and I'm like watching through one eye and very, or, you know, through my, like with my hand over my eye with like one, you know, one mm-hmm. eye. And I'm, I'm watching and I'm like, oh, oh, oh okay. Yeah. Oh, 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 <laughs> I literally went through a range of feelings. I do not get emotional when I watch television or at all very often. And I will tell you that I was literally emotional as I watched specifically the second episode. And we can talk about why in just a moment. But but, you know, despite some kind of awkward like. Okay, let's just get right into it. They dealt with the politics. Mm-hmm. By the way, if you want to share your thoughts, I'm sure we'll get to that at some point. Mm-hmm. But just if we want to get to the the politics of it, I was a little concerned that maybe it was going to go off in a weird direction. Mm-hmm. And then my fears were allayed. Mm-hmm. So overall, I was very pleased. So I have to say this. I did not realize that they were airing two episodes back to back last yeah, night. And I am so glad that they did. Not because I liked the second episode better than the first, but it took me the entire first episode to relax into it. And I think that that was a really smart move on their part because giving you a half hour just to kind of readjust yourself to that world um, and not judge it so harshly based on what you know of Roseanne and of the current climate and some of the things that they went there with. Um I think we needed that second episode to kind of kind of get us into the the flow a little bit better with it. I was surprised that I liked the way that they talked about politics. And because we were I think our knee jerk reaction is, oh, my gosh, any politics. I just don't want politics in my sitcoms, period, because it's everywhere else. And I just want it, you know, not there. The thing about Roseanne is. The show the first time around addressed like real life in a way we had not seen on television yet. In so many ways, we were seeing a genuine reflection of the, our, you know, the majority of people in the world, right? In a way that you don't necessarily get on other shows. This blue collar family that was a little bit sort of off color. It wasn't the perfect, you know, um, Leave it to Beaver, Barbara Billingsley, mom. It wasn't like that. It was like a real family. And they continued to deliver that last night in showing 
kind of what the real American family looks like today. Well, and I, uh, okay, so yes, I agree with that, but I do just want to make a distinction, uh, one that I'm sure you would make as well, is that it's one American family. Right, absolutely. And I think that the difference is that, and and what will be interesting to watch as we go forward into this sort of new iteration of Roseanne is how there is a wider reflection on the world that we're living in. Um, because... Th- Again, to your point, and and I felt this way too. They the the beauty, the magic of Roseanne the first time around was that it was you know this family not as as you wanted them to be, but as they were, mm-hmm. and and their ability to laugh at that and not take themselves too seriously, mm-hmm. and that is what it was achieved last night. That you had these very serious things that they address in both of the first episodes, whether it was you know um, the politics. And, you know, some of it, like in the, it came over a little heavy handed in the very beginning, but I think very quickly it sort of went back to what you expected, which was, you know, politics in a lot of families is really just a way to take out your frustrations with the people in your family. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's not like the actual cause of division. I feel like it, it it just takes whatever division there is and it amplifies Amplifies it. it. Yeah. And so it reflects that families, you know, don't always like each other and struggle and all that stuff. But at the end of the day, they all love each other. You can tell they all care about each other, even when they horribly disagree with each other or when they're confused or frustrated or whatever, there's still like a level of trust and a level of love. And I think the most important thing for a TV show is that there was um, a certain amount of humor that really anybody should be able to relate to. Yeah, absolutely. Six five one six four one one zero seven one. What were your thoughts as you watched Roseanne make its return last night to television? We'll get to your calls and we'll uh, share some of the audio from that first episode, those first couple episodes after this on the Colleen and Bradley show on My Talk one zero seven one. What did you think of the return of Roseanne to television last night? 651-641-1071. It's the Colleen and Bradley show on MyTalk1071, streaming live at MyTalk1071.com. Everything entertainment. Colleen Lindstrom, Bradley trainer. And uh, Bradley, I don't know about you. I didn't watch the final season of the original show. Did you? Yeah, I, 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 I can't tell you other than I know um, it was off the charts in terms of uh, believable it was not i mean it was just like a hot it was like mess. a throw away yeah. i mean i did watch the very last episode and i remember turning it on and thinking what is going on here i don't know what is happening because it didn't seem like the show i knew and i wondered when they came back yesterday how uh how they would address the fact that in that final season dan had died um, and they did it in a really interesting way. And we can share with you uh, how that how they did that um, with this. This is what happened. Well, looky here, written by Roseanne Connor. Oh, trash that. This would have sold like hotcakes if only it hadn't killed off the most interesting character. <laughs> he was a gentle giant. <laughs> you know what really would have helped, though? More bondage and a wizard school. So they're talking about the manuscript that she was apparently writing at the during that last season. And he, basically, they're kind of explaining it away as though the manuscript was all imaginary. Yeah. He was the character that they killed it off. It was a dream sequence. Yeah. And, you know, I thought that they did a good job of not dwelling on it, not making it such a huge 
it explained it away. It answered the question that people would inevitably ask whether or not it was to their satisfaction without it being a big deal. And then they kind of got over it and got back to, you know, they were like cleaning. They were they were looking for something in the garage. And that's when they came across it. They mentioned it and then they moved on. And I thought it was perfect. No, they absolutely, absolutely did a great job. The other thing that I think a lot of people were, and I was certainly looking forward to seeing how they dealt with, is we knew that the two characters who played Becky initially in the series, one uh, one character played uh, Becky and then left, and then another one comes in. And so you're like, okay, well, how are you going to bring back both Beckys and, uh, and deal with that? So they actually did it, um, playing two different characters. Mm-hmm. We can listen to the audio and then talk about who did what and when and how. It is so great to finally meet you. And I can see why you picked me. I mean, look at us. We can be the same person. Oh my God, I mean, it is like looking in the mirror before I put my makeup on. Now, I have all the paperwork here for you to take home and review. Uh, agreement for medical release at standard stuff. I also have some questions about your genetic history, so I should probably meet your family. You want to meet my family? You know it would save time? If I showed you pictures on my phone and described them instead. Oh, say no more. I know how families can be. Do you think I could warm them up with a monthly delivery of fresh organic pears? <laughs> That'd be perfect. They've all been meaning to try a pair. <laughs> so um, there you saw how they brought the two Beckys together. One uh, is going to be a, well, is going to be an egg donor for the other, mm-hmm. essentially. Yeah. So first Becky is the actual Becky. Yep. Uh, and then the second Becky is the, the is mom it, who is using first Becky as a surrogate. Lacey Gorenson is the first Becky. Yep. And then Sarah Chalk, I was in, uh, I was intrigued because as I was watching last night, if you watch the credits, you'll see that Sarah is listed as, I think, a producer on the show. Or, oh, interesting. Yeah, she's somehow connected to the behind the scenes as well. So um, that was just fascinating. And and they just, it, what, what blew my mind with the two Beckys and a lot of the characters, I mean... It's weird because, and, and Dan, uh, Dan, uh, John, John Goodman, Goodman uh-huh. um, talked about this a little bit in the lead up to the premiere. Like, it was like no time had passed. It was like two weeks had gone by and there we all were, uh, you know, on the set and it was like nothing had, you know, nothing had happened. Um, when you watch and my experience watching, you know, the Beckys in particular was my God, these girls have not aged. Like right. they literally, I mean, they don't look exactly obviously like their characters, but they don't look that much older, and these people yeah. have grown twenty years. It's insane. And even even um, Sarah Gilbert and Roseanne and Dan. Mm-hmm. I mean, they all you know, Jonathan Fishman. I mean, he's just taller. Yeah. I mean, he's so tall. It's just weird. And and Becky or Becky Jackie, Aunt Jackie. Yeah. I mean, they all um, they all just they don't look like they've been that far removed from. The first time we saw them. And the other thing I find really remarkable is the way that they can slide right back into their characters. Because, you know, the, the characters obviously are part partly them and bring their sort of sensibility. But um, but they just slid. And it made me realize that even though I. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo Concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go 
to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. I'm not a huge fan of off air or off out of character Roseanne of today, of 2018. Yeah. Partly because she called you a really horrible name over the Twitter, and I didn't like that. And I thought that that was a. very rude and below what I thought she She's was. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, so I'm not a big fan of that, but she steps right back into that role and she's Roseanne again. And I am endeared to her as the character of Roseanne. And the same goes for all of them. They all slid right back into that character after all that time passed. Um, before I, I wanted to make another point quickly, but um, Holly, did you get a chance to see it? No. Okay. Um, The other point that I wanted to make is I just think this is a wonderful moment for everyone. We talked a little bit about this with Elizabeth. Like this show, uh, you know, I think part of the success of the second uh, iteration of Roseanne is that um, the reason it drew such a large audience is because everybody wanted to see what was up with the Connors. Because you'll remember there was a time and a place when maybe we weren't so, um, you know, in our own corners. Mm -hmm. And we just loved to laugh when we watched TV. And I think that Roseanne was able to do that. And it was able to bring together two two audiences uh, that, you know, unlike some of the other reboots who maybe have been thought of as like too one way or to the other way. Like, I hope that this is I'm going to make more of this than it needs to be. But if I were going to be glass half full, I would say I hope that this is maybe like a moment where people can realize that we can exist in the same space and laugh together and, you know, not be totally focused on what are very valid and legitimate arguments and criticisms with one another that we might have. Mm -hmm. But that like the lesson is that we can be, you know, together and not, you know, that there's a bridge there. Yeah. There's a bridge. So I think that Roseanne has at least given us an opportunity to see that in a way we haven't for a while. Yeah. And for that, I'm I'm pretty grateful. When we come back, we've got Lord and Lady D-Bag for you. And I'm not lying to you. My first, uh, my D-Bag is totally Roseanne related. We'll tell you who it is after this on the Colleen and Bradley Show. Celebrities behaving badly. They do it all the time. And we collect their bad behavior and share that with you on the Colleen and Bradley show on my talk 1071 streaming live at my talk 1071.com everything entertainment Colleen Lindstrom Bradley trainer and uh, we tell you about them and call them a name and that name is D-Bag presenting Lord and Lady Douchebag of the day who you got for us George Clooney. What? Yeah. The Cloonster? Now, I just want to preface... The I want to preface this by saying that the person who's actually directly affected by this doesn't seem to care all that much, but I do. Okay? So, you remember George Clooney was on the cast of uh, Roseanne before he was 
big deal George Clooney. Yeah, also on the Facts of Life. Right, and exactly. The Golden Girls. Prior to all, yes. Yes, he did. That's what he did. You know, he did a couple sitcoms, then he got ER, and then he became George Clooney, and then he was a movie star. End of story, right? Now he lives in Italy and has a beautiful wife and twins, and he's untouchable, right? Well, he's so untouchable that, in fact, Roseanne did reach out to him to take part in the new Roseanne, and he turned it down. Now, she says the following. She says, George Clooney didn't want to come on, so that was a bummer, but he lives in Italy. Like, that excuses it. I got a question for you, Bradley. Yeah. If you're George Clooney, how much money do you have? A lot. A lot of money. If you're George Clooney, is it a big deal to fly uh, from Italy and, you know, do a quick cameo appearance? It actually is not hard at all. In fact, you do it all the time. Yeah. It's called a private jet. Yeah. And also, George Clooney, (laughs) do not forget where you came from. That's, I think, what bothers I, me about that. But I think George Clooney, that's the kind of celebrity he is. That's why he's been able to become the... He's like the Justin Timberlake. He's like the Victoria Beckham. He's like the, you know, name any other celebrity who sort of, you know, left everybody else behind and was like, you know, peace out. You don't think he's like hanging out with Kim Fields or... You Natalie. Know, Natalie. Mindy Cohen. Yeah. No, of course he's not. But I would, I would have warmer feelings for him if he did. I know he doesn't care about he my feelings for him. Warm feelings, FYI. I know. I don't know. I just, I would like to think that I would be the type of person, and you would be the type of person who would say if somebody said somebody from our past said, "Hey, you know, if we were George Clooney style huge," and somebody was like, "Hey." Can you come back and do this thing? You know, you used to do it, and we'd just love to have you. We're having a little reunion. I feel like you and I would be like, yeah, totally. Because... Yeah, because we're not D-bags. I know. See? Which is why he's my D-bag. I just thought, come on, George Clooney. Also, actually, I'm not... Fly in for the day. I'm not concerned about George Clooney. I would be... We actually talked about this last night. Like, I wonder if um, Sandra Bernhard's going to make a reappearance, Mm. because remember, she played a character. And, um, oh, he can't. Who? Martin Mull. Did he die? Oh, yeah, he did die. Martin Mull is still alive. He I, is? I yes. thought he died. No, do oh not kill. Who am I trying Martin to kill? Martin Mull. Who am I thinking of then? I don't know who you're trying to think I of. I don't know Martin who you're thinking Mull of, but he is alive, is alive and, and well I'm very happy to hear that. 74 years old. Okay, well, I hope he comes back because you'll remember he, I can't remember the name of his Ned character. Ned Beatty is dead, who played uh, one, Dan or Rose. I think Dan's father. He's dead. Well, yeah, that doesn't surprise me. Also, I'm pretty sure. Um, Shelly Winters is dead, and she, of course, played the grandma. Oh, no, wait. Sorry, I killed Ned Beatty. He's still alive. Oh, my, oh, my God. God. See? See? I, it just makes me Physician feel better that I am thyself. not the only one who yes. accidentally kills Physician celebrities. Physician, heal thyself. Martin played uh, a homosexual on that show, the homosexual boss. Mm-hmm. Oh, do we know that Ned Beatty lives in Minnesota? What? What? Carlstad, Minnesota, and Los Angeles, California, USA, is where right Ned Beatty lives. Yeah, get anyway. right out. Okay, so he's alive and in the hey, state. Ned, Sorry, if you're listening, Sorry. give us a jingle. Thanks for still living. Somebody's calling. Maybe it's him. Maybe it's Shelley Winter's ghost. Uh, who knows? Uh, in any case, I I just frankly would like to see all of the old you know cast members, no matter how regular they were, pop up in different ways. I'm bummed that George Clooney is not going to be yeah, one of them. Yeah, he's too big for everyone, and that bugs me. Yeah. Like, don't ever do that. Don't be too big for where you came from. Well, yeah. Yeah. 
Again, it's literally like a day out of his life. Come on. You cannot tell me. I agree, but it's not going to happen. I know, but... It, um, I do, do do want to make uh, my D-bag today an entire cable <gasps> network. Wow, that's big. Nickelodeon! Oh. Yeah, they're not having a good day. Yeah, no, and they shouldn't be right. having a good day. Um, and this is regarding Dan Schneider. So, long story short, Dan Schneider, kind of creepy, got some issues, if you believe the blind items, was really inappropriate with children, mm-hmm. which is awkward because uh, Nickelodeon is where he worked. And I don't know if you know this about Nickelodeon. It's a children's network. Lots of children. Yeah. And Dan was very successful at a lot of children's television shows that you might remember, including but not limited to iCarly, Drake and Josh, Keenan and Kel, Victorious, Henry Danger. He's worked with Ariana Grande, Amanda Bynes, Jamie Lynn Spears, Keenan Thompson, Victoria Justice, to name a few. Nickelodeon is my D-bag because apparently he may have actually received a $7 million payout to leave Nickelodeon. So they paid him for being a so pedophile. He well and you know we don't I mean I I to my knowledge he's not been formally accused of that but he has left under a cloud of suspicion over the treatment of some of the younger stars on his shows and again if you believe the blind items things get a lot darker. Um that said for whatever reason that Nickelodeon felt like they needed to give him a payout and uh, the rumor is, anyway, according to industry insiders, that he was given a $7 million parachute and that, according to sources, the departure was a mutual decision. A source is claiming that Schneider had been the victim of false online smears and that his exit comes amid a change of management at the network, a disagreement over the ending of another show and a fight over some studio space. So it seems like they're playing it off as there was some internal struggle anyway. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, all these rumors are not helping. Well, and I don't when think I'm they're going to go away. I'm just going to say that if any of those rumors start to get legs, and again, we have reason to believe that they very well might, then I think Nickelodeon better be careful because they're going to look like they have egg on their face. Mm-hmm. Ugh, yikes. Yeah. Yikes. Big time. Also, may I just say of him, because, uh, you know, if you if you have followed this story at all and you've seen a picture of Dan Schneider, you will likely do what we did, which was, how do I know that guy? Right. Like we know him from somewhere. Yeah. He was on the TV show Head of the Class, which was was one of my favorite shows back in the day. day. Yeah, that. Yeah, you would definitely recognize him if you Google Dan Schneider. And um, if you believe some of their blind items about him, he's pretty creepy. And um, yeah, I'm just hoping yeah. for the sake of Nickelodeon that the truth, if it indeed is that dark, does not come out because uh, for their sake anyway, um, they're going to look pretty. It could look pretty bad. Uh, look pretty horrible. Ooh. Yeah, apparently he also, according to some social media users, They've uh, highlighted Schneider's tendency to tweet pictures of his feet to young female stars. Okay. I don't even really know what to he do with that, but that sounds weird. He also posted other seemingly inappropriate videos of his actresses, including one of a Ariana Grande as a teen in a skimpy outfit dousing herself with water. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Good job. Okay. Great work, Nickelodeon. All right. And... You know, I look forward to the day that I can be, uh, you know, a criminal and walk away with millions of dollars from a major corporation. 
I I'm mean, being facetious. mostly the million dollar part. I don't see you ever turning to a life of crime. Yeah, well, you never know. But yeah, it is a little bit frustrating for people who are law abiding citizens who have been walking away from jobs with nowhere near oh, many sure, millions of dollars. I'm sure Bill Cosby's still cashing checks. Oh, that's for sure. Oh, man. It's a dark world. Can we talk about something happy? Can we do something fun? Uh, I don't know. Can we? Well, we kind of have to. We do? Yeah, because it's the time. What time? For the throwback live at 145. We're oh, doing that. It's the 13 to 5 at 1245. No, 12 to 5. Yeah. Don't. Did you just try to give yourself today's win? Uh, no. Of course not. I would never do that. Thank you. We're doing the throwback live at 145 after this on the Colleen and Bradley show on My Talk 1071. All right, time to be on our toes on the Colleen and Bradley show on My Talk 1071. Okay, on my toes. Okay. Streaming live at MyTalk1071.com. We are everything entertainment. I'm Colleen Lindstrom. That is Bradley Trainer, and this is the throwback live at 145. I feel the need. The need for speed. Well, a, a boy's best friend is his mother. I love the smell of night pump in the morning. Oh, righty then. It's Throwback Live. Oh, you betcha, yeah. At 1.45. Bradley Go ahead. Make my day. Here's Holly Roberts. Ah, uh, yes, it's time for the Hump Day edition of the Throwback Live <clears throat> at 1.45. This is how the game works. I have five vintage pop culture audio clips. Could be anything. The first to guess three of those clips correctly will win the Throwback Live at 1.45. Colleen and Bradley buzz in conveniently by shouting out their names. Bradley's already warming up. He's warming Bradley up. Turner. He's doing his thing. That's good because we're going to move right into our first vintage pop culture audio clip. Listen carefully. Please identify this. It's showtime. Colleen! Colleen, that is... Shoot! Is that from The Mask? Um, oh, Bradley, shoot. I'll play it for you one more time. Bradley, oh, dear, you I did it wrong. tell me what this is. It's showtime. Oh, that's all I get? That's all you get. That's the quote. Do it again. It's showtime. Um, who framed Roger Rabbit? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. It's from Beetlejuice. Oh, oh Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice. Oh. Yes, that is Michael Keaton Gosh, darn as it. Beetlejuice. Do you see how I could, I was seeing somebody with makeup, and I don't know why Jim Carrey was the person yeah, that well, came. Well, no, that was a good guess. Yeah, a good guess, but it was wrong. It was, wrong. It was a wrong <laughs> guess, so Bradley, it was not a good guess. No. For me, it was good. No, well, it really wasn't. Actually, Bradley, it was because I believe that both those movies were released in 1988. So good job for you, but still no point. No point Bradley, for you. <laughs> no point for you. Bradley had zero points. Colleen also had zero points. Moving on to our second vintage mm-hmm. pop culture audio clip. Please identify this. And in Paris, you can buy a beer at McDonald's. Colleen. You know what they call- Pulp Fiction, that is John Travolta, oh. and they're about to talk about a Royale with cheese. A Royale with cheese. That's right. That's yeah! <laughs> Colleen has a point. Let's oh. listen to the clip. And in Paris, you can Lingano. buy beer at McDonald's. And you know what they call a, a, a quarter pounder with cheese uh, in Paris? They don't call it a quarter pounder with cheese? What do they call it? They call it a Royale with cheese. A Royale, mm-hmm. Royale with, with cheese. cheese. Colleen has one Woo! point. Yes! Okay, you got one. I'm winning. One point. Yeah, but Bradley, guess what? You have no points. Hey! Thank you. But you could get a point if you identify the third vintage pop culture audio clip correctly. What is this? Oh, my God. Turn it up. Sorry. Colleen! Oh. 
Colleen? Is that the Open to Modern Family? Uh, <laughs> I don't know why. Oh my God, she's on one day. Modern family. She's like, I got all the answers. No way, I know. <laughs> I didn't have it. I'm gonna keep playing it, Bradley. You hey. shout out your name ah. when you think you know what this yep. is. Is that an American Bandstand? Uh. Oh, what is that? It's the theme to Run and Stimpy. Oh God, I am horrible. Wow! I'm winning today. We're yes, still I got the zero right out now. of three. Woo! Maybe we can oh. tie it up one to one. All right. I'm Bradley Trainer, and I'm Don McLean. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game, and you can play along. The item might be like this: A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out. Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. Colleen Lindstrom has one point. Bradley Trainer has zero Lina's points. Bradley Trainer. Okay. <laughs> and today Are you sure you don't want to go right uh-uh. now, Colleen? Uh-uh. You sure? Sure. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. I'm going to move on to our fourth vintage pop culture <laughs> audio clip. Please identify this. Who's that in your stock pot? So just Bradley Trainer. it off. Ow! Yeah. Bradley? Yeah. 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 Julia Child. Mm-hmm. Yes, that was Julia Child. Let's listen to her one more time. Who's that in your stock pot? pot? So just whack it off. Whack it off. Wow, I did not know she <sighs> talked so dirty. Okay. <laughs> All right. Probably one to chicken. one. One to Everybody one. Everybody wants to make chicken. That's right. Colleen Lindstrom has one point. Bradley Trainer has one point. That means whoever can identify the fifth vintage pop culture audio clip correctly will win today's oh throwback gosh. live at 145. Neither of us is going to get it. <laughs> no Don't pressure. say that. Don't say that. You don't know. I'm going to play it for you right now. What is this? Colleen. Colleen. What do you keep doing this for? Oh my for? gosh! What I thought it was going in one this? direction, and now I think it might not be. She's doing. I the think Richard that Nixon is pose? the Disney uh, thing. It's the Disney like movie thing. Disney. It's yeah, it was. What? Oh, yes. yes. You know what I meant? It was like the, the Disney, Disney Studios. It's the yes. Disney Studios theme song. And then you see the castle and the fireworks. And I just won! Yes, Colleen Lindstrom. I mean, when you just yell out every time, I feel like, sure, you can get a couple answers right. Bitterness is not a good look on you. I ain't bitter. I got 12. How many you got? What did I win? Colleen Lindstrom, you just won yourself a brand new AMC Gremlin. Two doors. That area. Manual transmission and style for days. All Mm. of that and more is yours here on the Throwback Live at 145. Ta-da! Thank you. I can't wait to drive myself over to Bradley's house (laughs) and stand outside and go like this. I'm still one. Oh, yes. Thank you. I'm still two to one, honey. Okay. What do you mean you're still two to one? I'm still winning two to one. 
Can you do math? 12 to 6. For every one, oh, I've won fine. two. Okay, fine. Fine. <laughs> fine. I'm just saying. Don't try to take away today. Why not? What would you be doing otherwise? Crying, probably somewhere. Okay. No, if the roles were reversed, I'm saying. Oh, no, I'd be gloating. That's okay, for sure. Okay, yeah, totally, right, 100%. Thanks. Yep. All right, yeah. Okay. Um, hey, speak, speaking of... Gloating. No. Uh, can you can you tell me... I saw some tweets going back and forth that you were attached to hmm. about concerts in a cemetery. Oh, yeah. No, that's a new thing. Uh, it's a real lively crowd. And no, okay, so <laughs> I... Uh, Lakewood Cemetery, there is an article in the Star Trib uh, in the Arts and Entertainment section Mm -hmm. that uh, indicates Lakewood Cemetery is about to uh, bring some some life to an area where you don't typically see a lot of that, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, people were not having it. Some people weren't anyway. And I found that to be shocking. So let me just tell you what the story is, and then we can... You know, see what you think Mm -hmm. about it. So Lakewood Cemetery has announced that uh, they're going to be a new music venue. So just like, you know, First Ave, they're going to have some concerts. Mm -hmm. Only difference is, unlike a concert venue, there are a lot of dead people. Around. Around that area. And this has rubbed some people the wrong way. Right. Um, And now I should say that the actual venue is not, you know, like on top of your loved one's dear departed cemetery. Thank you. That was going to be my first question. It's actually the Lakewood Cemetery Memorial Chapel, which is a beautiful space if you've never been inside. Now, it's, you know, this is not something you typically... Is well, that the... Because like, I've been in one... I, is it the, the only chapel? One. It's the small one. And that's going to be the venue that, for the... With the beautiful... Um, yeah, according to the article, it's huh. a, you know, it's a, it's a mini cathedral. It's not so a very beautiful. huge venue by any stretch. But the series kicks off April 8th with an all-women's uh, vocal group called the Anonymous Choir. And they specialize, apparently, I feel like Hollywood like this, reinventing rock, soul, and folk tunes from the likes of Leonard Cohen, Neil Young, and Stax Records. Future gigs will include uh, some uh, uh, other folk artists and an alt-twangy harmony duo, Dusty Heart. Okay, so f- just I just want to, again, revisit this. Because when I first heard concert in a cemetery, my brain immediately went to something similar to like the Basilica Block Party, Mm. where they would bring in huge musical acts. There would be a lot of light shows and people just, you know, shoulder to shoulder. But what we're talking about is beautiful, melodic music, more folksy than Roxy in a chapel setting. Yeah. Yeah, in okay, a small so, yeah. venue on this very beautiful. Um, and and here's the thing. So this is what a lot of people uh, don't realize. It's that uh, Lakewood Cemetery is not the first uh, cemetery to do this. In fact, mm-hmm. uh, when did I go out there in October to L.A. and we went to Hollywood Forever, which is a cemetery that has actually become famous as a rock venue. I mean, literally, major performers have performed, and not in small, you know, little mini chapels. Mm-hmm. Actual. Um, green space that they have uh, on their cemetery in Hollywood. So this is something that others have done, and uh, it's just starting here in the Twin Cities, but people have feelings about it. What are your feelings about it? 651-641-1071. How do you feel about cemetery concerts? Yeah. We'll get to your calls after this on the Colleen and Bradley Show on My Talk 1071.